Hey, basketball drops a tough one, but we're not going to let it steal our bug. Hugh Freeze makes a humongous addition to his off-the-field staff. And hey, what's going on with the D.C. search? Uh, this is episode 13 of the Top Button Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Five, and we're going to get knee-deep into it tonight, uh, today, uh, whenever you're listening to this. So uh, before we do that, we want to give a shout-out to Active Wealth Management and a special shout-out to Mark. Uh, Mark uh, is one of our listeners. Mark uh, has been listening for a while. He, he reached out to uh, Active Wealth Management. He reached out to Ford Stokes and said, hey, you know what? Uh, it's time to get my retirement plan on track. Uh, hooked up with Ford. Uh, they got a plan working together. They're going to work together over the next couple of weeks and get their get everything in, in uh, lined up and, and ready to go. So big shout out to Mark for, for you know what, taking the bull by the horns and saying, look, it's time to put my foot down and let Ford uh, get me to where I need to be. So uh, there you go. You see uh, that uh, Ford is definitely a guy that, that can help uh, any of you. So uh, big shout out to Mark, big shout out to Ford, Active Wealth Management. Uh, check them out at activewealth.com. Well, guys, uh, it finally happened. It finally happened. Auburn lost a conference game uh, in basketball. Unfortunately, it just so happened to be against Alabama at Alabama uh, after, um, you know, running off several double digit victories uh, in a row. Actually, all of our victories have still been double digits. So you still got that. record. I guess you still got that record uh, to hold to your name. But now they go into Coleman Coliseum. Right off the bat, weird scenario. The lights just don't work uh, in, in the arena. Big surprise, uh, big shocker that that dump uh, has electrical problems. So they try to do their little LED light show. Lights get stuck on red, can't flip back to the white. We start the game off in the dark. Broom hits a three in the dark, uh, and then they call a timeout, and it takes 15, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes or so to actually uh, get it figured out. The game starts. We get on a little run. Then they have to stop the game again uh, because the shot clock light freezes on. So then they had to turn the shot clock light completely off on both baskets for the whole rest of the game. Did not affect the outcome of the game. Just as funny, uh, you know, everybody jokes about Coleman, Coleman Coliseum and uh, the jokes kind of write themselves. The jokes kind of write themselves. But, no, Almer started off just as probably as bad as you could possibly play. I think they had 10 turnovers in the first half. Uh, one of seemingly a, a million uh, from three could not shoot three from the, uh, could not shoot a three uh, to save their life. Broom was basically the only bright spot. He played great in the first half. I'm not a huge, I don't, not a huge technical uh, basketball guy, like know the X's and O's of basketball, but it seems like, uh, Alabama really extended our point guards and frustrated us, pressured pressured us uh, way away from the basket, got us late in the shot clock, and we uh, got us late in the shot clock. We didn't really have an answer for it, took a lot of panic shots, and then it seemed like the only real offense we had was either, you know, getting it – somehow getting it to Broom or uh, Broom catching it and doing put uh, having putbacks. Uh, it was just uh, a rough, rough start, and then Alabama absolutely – lit it up uh, from three, which they absolutely have the ability uh, to do. I think they hit eight or nine uh, threes in the first half. 
uh, they had a guy, um, uh, Reitzfeld, uh, Latre- not not Reitzel. One of their, uh, they, basically, they had a guy um, hit four threes. Uh, his first four threes he took. Um, Griffin, that's who it was. It was, uh, it was um, Rylan Griffin. He hit four threes uh, to start the game. They were just absolutely lights out. Uh, got us all the way to a fourteen point uh, deficit. And um, this was again. We've played probably, I mean, just if you're being completely honest with yourself, we've played the worst opening conference teams that we could possibly play. It was the easiest open uh, to the conference schedule. This was the first real test. I was just, I mean, it's you're lying to yourself if you don't say, if you, if you say Alabama's not one of the top four, five teams in the conference, I would think easily top four team in the conference. Uh, so it's your first real test on the road, hostile environment, and First half was a big F, F minus. Uh, we looked shook. Believe it or not, you know, people, the the even the uh, commentators were saying it, which I wasn't a f- huge fan of all the stuff Jay Williams had to say, but it looked like we were tired. It looked like we – I don't know if we had, were just overly hype, overly excited, even rotating nine, ten deep. We looked tired in the first half. They got out and they would run, uh, and they just looked like they were more aggressive – more ready to play, uh, and we were shell-shocked a little bit in the first half. So, you know, going into halftime, my thought was, if if this comes out, if we come out in the second half and it looks something similar, I'm going to be a little bit concerned. Were we paper tigers? Are we – was Bruce right this whole time, Uh, you know, saying he's not – he doesn't think we're as good as uh, we think we are? Uh, And you come out and you play a much, much – much better taff, and you have a chance to win the game late. You end up falling by four points, uh, outscored them big time, like by 10 points in the second half. It was a great second half. We seemed to move the ball better. Uh, we shot the ball a little bit better, uh, and we didn't turn it over. We, we all, I think we only had one or two turnovers in the second half. This team, I've always – and it's really every Auburn team, but this team in particular, if you can shoot over 30%, 30 plus percent from three, and you have single-digit turnovers, this team is hard to beat. And they showed that in the second half, where they shot a, shot it a little bit better from three. Not great. I think you're 20% from the game. They probably hit – I think they hit one uh, three-pointer in the first half. I think they may have hit three uh, in the second half. You shot a little bit better in the second half, uh, and you didn't turn the ball over. You protected the ball. The guards seemed to be a little bit more comfortable – that's a huge plus. Look, basketball is not a lot, not really like football. Like football, it's a shorter season. Games are more impactful. Uh, so you drop one, you you hurt on it for a lot longer than you than you really should hurt on a road basketball loss in the SEC. Road games are tough to win in conference, uh, and we've been winning by double digits. And you had a chance to win this one by a very very good basketball team. Look, their record is deceiving. They've played some of the. They've played one of the toughest schedules, maybe that you could possibly play, especially out of conference. Uh, and then they've already had to play uh, one of the best teams, probably the best team. Uh, well, one of the best, one of the best two team, two or three teams in the conference uh, last Saturday or this past Saturday. So uh, they're a good basketball team. They're a good basketball team, and and you took you took their best game, and you had a chance to win it late. So. You you can you 
you build from that. You can take whatever you want from that. It's not really necessarily a moral victory, but basketball is a long season. That's a long, long uh, conference season. Uh, you got plenty of time to rebound, and this is a quad one loss, so it doesn't really hurt you that much in your in your you know the your your Ken Palms, your RPIs, all your rankings that you have to have uh, to to have a really good seed in the tournament. This this loss doesn't really do a ton to, to really hinder that. Now, what do you do moving forward? Okay, um, we got a little bit, we got punched in the mouth. We got a little bit of brought back, back brought back down to earth. And now you got to go to, um, you got to go to the um, the hump. Uh, you got to go to Starkville and you got to play, uh, you got to take on a Mississippi State team who is extremely athletic and uh, they're also a good basketball team and they play tough um in that arena so the bounce back is what i'm looking for okay you've 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 faced a team you've kind of put a little book out on how to defend you uh it you you faced a team that that kind of frustrated your point guards uh they struggled both point guards struggled one of the first times they've both really um looked uh I don't know the I don't know if the right word is uh, I think the right word you're going for is looked uh vulnerable vulnerable I think the point guards looked vulnerable for the first time uh, maybe this season uh does Mississippi State try to emulate a little bit of that you got to be able to you got you got to be able to adjust you got to be able to bounce back that's what uh Bruce does best you saw it in the second half I would have been a lot more concerned if the first half matched the second half but the second half was a lot better um so Hoping we just take this as a learning experience and we don't uh, get to a situation where we're, um, uh, you know, we got the big head coming off all these victories. Uh, maybe we're grant more, a little bit more grounded and, and kind of ready to go uh, finish off this season. If you can get by Mississippi State, you got you you've got a very favorable schedule all the way up until the end of February when you go on the road to Tennessee. So big big game Saturday. Need that bounce back win. And I think we can do it. The, I'm curious to see what the spread the spread comes out. Vegas is incredible. Uh, nobody, I, I don't think many people would have thought that uh, this game would have been Alabama favored by three and a half points, and they won by four. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But uh, but um, I'm anxious to see uh, how that that you know that that spread works out comes out uh, this weekend. Kind of see what people think after this about us after this game. So. I wouldn't hang my head. I know it's Alabama, but you know what? You get another chance to play them at home, and you'll probably beat them by 20 points at home. I mean, it's just you played your worst game, and you had a chance to win late. You shot poor, incredibly poorly. You turned the ball over too much, uh, and but you still had a chance to uh, take the lead late, had a chance to win the game late. Uh, you just couldn't quite do it on the road. So it is what it is. It's a long season. Uh, and I still like this team. I still like the way they play. Um, so we'll just have to say I hope that hope that this uh, game from Jalen is just an anomaly. He's been playing like a monster. He was a little bit quiet tonight, uh, very quiet actually, compared to uh, how he's been over the last uh, you know two months. So hopefully he has a bounce back game uh, along with everybody else. Broom was a monster, twenty five points. So. You know, he kind of did. He's he's always going to quietly be a double digit. You know, quietly or loudly, he was a little bit loud, uh, a loud twenty five tonight. But he's he's going to be a quiet double digits at worst every single game. So lean on him, shoot the ball better. We should be fine.
we should be fine. Um, all right, now that we've got the anti-bug out of the way, let's get ready to bug um, uh, big time because Hugh Freeze made a big boy move uh, this week. He made a big boy move. When you're listening to this, it was announced today that he has hired uh, one of the top off-field uh, player personnel. Um, I don't even know if you call them coaches. I guess you would just call them staff uh player personnel staff guys uh, in the country uh, from LSU. Will Redman, uh, he has been hired uh, as a sort of like a recruiting GM, player personnel GM. So he's going to be essentially uh, the head of the recruiting operation. That may sound boring. That may sound like, hey, you're just reaching for positive news. But look, this is where college football is going. Okay, these GMs are going to start being the the second most important person to the head coach. Uh, I mean, it's 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 incredible what these guys are able to do. If you've ever seen the movie Moneyball, like imagine that that's kind of where college football is now. You got to have somebody that knows how to evaluate talent, knows how to put a value on that talent, and then knows how to go find the pieces to fill in the roster from the high school ranks and from the portal ranks. And Will's done it better than some of, uh, you know, Will's done, he, he's just won the, uh, essentially the off the field coach uh, staff of the year award uh, in 2022 um, for what he did at LSU. And I'll break that down a little bit more, but yeah, that's what these guys, um, that's why these guys are so, so valuable because with all of the aspects of college football now, when you got NIL, when you got the transfer portal bringing kids in, the transfer portal kids going out, trying to retain kids, now you can transfer as many times as you want to. You still got to recruit high school. Then you got a game plan and try to win football games. Um, it's tough. It's tough. And guys like Will Redman are going to be worth their weight in gold. Okay, so let's talk a bit a little bit about – um, what he's done and what he's going to do um, at Auburn that I think is going to be uh, is a is going to fill a huge void uh, a huge void in 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 our off the field staff. Okay, so Will was hired at LSU uh, back when you know Brian uh, he was hired at LSU. He helped think about this when Brian Kelly came in to LSU. They had forty scholarship players okay 40 scholarship football players that's like probation i mean i mean obviously now you got you have uh the portal that you can add so you can fill holes quickly uh and and and, and in numbers so will uh will redmond comes in he is he evaluates a portal class helps reel in the finishing touches on a recruiting class uh, and they end up winning the SEC championship. I'm not sorry, not the SEC championship, the SEC West, uh, and played for the SEC championship in the very first year. He was the lead, uh, the lead evaluator on Jaden Daniels. He singled out Jaden Daniels and said, This is the guy we've got to get. They brought him in and he won a freaking Heisman trophy. He's unbelievable uh for two years. That's the kind of stuff that that Will Redmond is going to bring to Auburn. Not only that, he also helps in coaching hires. 
evaluating coaches, uh, negotiating their contracts, uh, helping, uh, you know, you, you got that, you got that, uh, that, um, you got that budget number that you can spend and he figures out the way to stretch that and make it go as far, as far as it can, and then have the most value for the dollar. That's what he, that's all he does. That's, that's, that's what he's going to bring to, to this Auburn staff and uh, what he's going to bring to Hugh Freeze. And it's something that's going to be huge for Hugh because Hugh, because of the timing of his hire and, you know, la, uh, last se- last offseason, he was hired. I think he was announced on like November 29th. Well, signing day was just a couple of weeks away. So you've got to at you've got to hire a whole staff. You've got to fill out a recruiting board, and then you got to you know you got signing day, and then you got to turn around and sign again in February, and then you got to go through the spring portal. Then you got to put a team together. It was really hard. He was trying to essentially manage this manage all this whole thing by himself by himself. So having Will come in now, he'll be able to help us in the spring portal because inevitably we're probably going to lose some guys. I would imagine once the spring's done, depth charts shake out, he's going to be able to use his expertise to help replace some of the losses and possibly help us find some diamonds in the rough that can help make this team uh make make this team better so you're gonna have i think his title is going to be essentially like gm of player personnel uh he's going to be over um the high school side and the portal side but he's going to have obviously staff members uh underneath him there you're going to have a high school dedicated staff you're going to have a portal dedicated staff and then will is going to kind of run that whole thing the good another great thing about will is he's kind of got he's got a lot of auburn Connections. I think his grandparents first met uh, at Auburn, so they 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 met at Auburn when it was back when it was API. Uh, so you got that there. He has a a relative that has a star on the walk, uh, the Auburn Walk of Fame. Um, I haven't quite pinpointed who that is, but a uh, lot of lot of Auburn ties, um, and he's a guy that could be you know a lifer you know he or not, maybe not a lifer but he he could be a long-term guy that rides with Hugh Freeze through this I'm sure you're going to have to fight to keep him uh, because he's going to be a hot commodity but this is a guy if you take care of he is going to be like I said worth his weight in gold LSU is that's that's tough for them it's a tough big loss for them they possibly could be feeling it uh they that void soon we'll have to see how that shakes out but just the analytical, the number side of, of college football that is it, the way that college football is moving. This is such a crucial hire. This is a this is a organizational hire that had to be made. Uh, that had to be made. We have the the we we're just understaffed. Okay, under the it was just it's it's it was not uh, up to the I guess up to snuff of where it needed to be uh, in that short period of time uh, that he had to assemble everything. Now he's got time to kind of sit back, analyze everything. Will's going to be absolutely massive, uh, absolutely massive here. Um, a portal expert. I mean, portal is a part of life. It's it's the part. It's a part of. Of, of football moving forward, there's no way it's it's since it's out there, there's no way to reel it back in, and it's even more important than ever now because of the multiple times that kids can transfer, and then how do you manage all of that? How do you manage the kids coming in? How do you manage the kids going out? Uh, and then 
being able to identify dudes on the front end so that when it's time for the portal, you're able to pounce. You already know their value that you want to um, go after with it from an NIL perspective you are, or, 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 you know, whatever, you know, you know, that part of it, you know, uh, how they fit into the defense, how they fit into the offense, where they fit on the team. That's huge to be prepared on the front end. So we're not, you know, treating the portal kind of like high school where it's like, let's just get one of the visits and then, you know, as long if we can just get them to come visit, we got them. Well, it works way faster uh, in the portal. A lot of times the first visit gets it. We kind of figured that out uh, <laughs> towards the end when you land, you know, Jaron Thompson, you land Antonio Kite, and then you finally close on Percy Lewis, uh, those three big additions. Um, it's just something that I think uh, was a little bit of a weakness that is sh uh, shored up to the extent like nth degree, nth degree. Uh, and you talk about how good of a recruiter Hugh Freeze is. Um, you're looking at the guy that's in, that was over the LSU recruiting board. Well, for the 2025 class he's leaving is the number two class in the country. The 2025 class that Will's leaving LSU right now is uh, number two in the country. And his 2024 class was one spot ahead of us um, at, uh, at number seven. This is on uh, – uh, 247's rank, 247 ranking. So it's not just portal. The guy can work a high school board too. So I'm super pumped. I want I want to be friends with Will. I, that that to me that side of football. I'm just this. I'm just throwing this out there. I think guys like Will Redman uh, in ten years or less are actually going to be head coaches. I think that's where football's going. I think you're going to have big time numbers. Numbers guys, analytical guys uh, that are going to be essentially GMs. They're going to be able to hire the coaches. They're going to hire. They're going to bring in the players. I think those guys are going to eventually uh, replace the old school coaches. Uh, and I think Will could be one of the rising stars uh, in this. You know, he already is one of the rising stars in this profession. We are extremely lucky to have him at Auburn. So look him up on Twitter. Uh, give him a follow. Be be excited. His official title will be announced soon. Um, but that hire's official. It's being lauded across the country um, as, as one of the huge coups. Uh, that's what Football Scoop called it. Uh, big boy, a big boy move is what it, what they said in their article. So be excited about uh, Will, and it's all, all just going to bolster, help bolster, and already blossoming recruiting uh or a uh, machine that that auburn has uh so really really pumped about that we can boog uh over that one so uh before we talk about the dc search and what's going on there let's look uh, give a shout out to plainscoffee.com uh use coupon code top button not top button just button not the top i've already done i mean you've done this multiple times how do you get it wrong it's button for 10 percent off every single order uh from now until they shut the site down, which is not ever going to happen. So, look, stop going to the grocery store. Stop going to Sam's Club, buying in bulk. You got coffee sitting in your, you know, old coffee in a big jar sitting in, in your uh, pantry or on your counter for, for uh, you know, that's months and months old. They, they freshly grind your beans, your coffee beans, the day before it ships. So, when it arrives, that, that, that beautiful aroma is going to be just floating from the front door into the house. Uh, but if they drop it on the front step, you're going to be able to smell it in the living room. It's that, uh, that fresh. So they got a little bit of uh, different types of flavors, different types of roasts, 
for everyone. Uh, and if you're not a coffee guy, hey, or coffee gal, they got teas too. So check them out, plainscoffee.com. Use promo code BUTTON for 10% off. All right, so what's going on with the DC search? Um, it seems like when it's not on a preferred timeline, when it's not on a timeline that's essentially anything uh, longer than now, uh, we tend we tend to freak out. Um, you got Chris Kiffin that you waited on, uh, you know, until his season was over at, for the Houston Texans. That ended on uh, this past Saturday. Okay, so you're creeping in on a week now since that's uh, since that's been done. You've had at least some type of formal uh, meeting, uh, whether it be in person or over, you know. Zoom or whatever it is they they would they could possibly do. You've had some type of formal interaction uh, on Tuesday. Uh, you still haven't had anything officially done yet. Uh, you got DJ Durkin, who it was almost um, you kind of thought he could be announced uh, as hired uh, based off of some of the tweets that went out on Sunday evening from uh, typically guys that don't say stuff like that unless it's going down. Neither one of those have. Neither one of those have gone down. So what's going on? What's going on? I think the one thing we have to do is not always assume that it's the it's that's the the worst. You know what I mean? I I don't. We haven't ha- had anything public that either one of these guys have said no. Uh, we haven't had uh, anything. I guess. Um, and there's nothing that, that there's just really nothing has come out. It's been mega quiet. It's kind of like it kind of feels like at any point in time, uh, a, a hire could just explode uh, right out of nowhere. And we're, you know, we're either not expecting it or, or you know, maybe we get word right before it happens. But it, it, it doesn't seem like uh, anything is going to happen. Um, I guess there just doesn't seem to be like a deadline timeline. And, in in reality, you don't necessarily have to. Um, you're not really nece- you're not really necessarily like under the gun to get one hired uh, because you don't have any defensive players uh, in the 2024 class that you're really going after that would need to meet that uh, you know DC before they sign uh, on the late signing day period. So so that's not really a reason. You got Travon that's being able to. Uh, go out and visit on this uh, evaluation period, go out on the road and recruit. So you got a stud already recruiting for you along with all the other position coaches that are going. So you know what? Just get it right. Just get it. Let him get it right. Let him work it. Let him get it right. And and then we're going to be I, – I, I'm sure with every candidate that's, that's been named, even some of the candidates that are, you know, three or four on the list – are outstanding candidates. Your number three candidate uh, that Hugh has a really tight connection with is Scott Simmons uh, or Simon Simmons. I'm not 100% sure how to um, pronounce it from SMU. I know you're thinking, oh, SMU. SMU went from like 120th in scoring defense to like 12th. Uh, It was definitely top 20 uh, in one season under Scott Simmons, who was also Hugh's guy. Uh, at Liberty. So there's a connection there uh, as well. He's a young guy, young, fiery guy. He runs a fun attacking style of of defense. 
uh, a lot, probably a lot similar to what you saw uh, with Ron Roberts, other than, you know, the infamous fourth and 31 uh, with the one time we decided not to attack. But still, you know, if if you fall to Scott Simmons, that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Zach Arnett, that's another name that's out there that that has been um, talked about as, you know, possibly having connections uh, with this job. Uh, that would not be a bad backup plan. You know, that wouldn't be a bad fallback either. So I feel like if you get any one of those four, we're going to be mega, mega excited. Every, all four of those dudes have something, uh, you know, have something positive, uh, something great that they bring to the table. And it's kind of all of them are a little bit different, which is what I, which is what I like. You kind of have a little bit of a, a different uh, flavor for each. So, and, and regardless of who you're bringing, you're also pairing them with Charles Kelly, who's a seasoned vet who pounds the trail, who's called plays. You got crime, uh, Wesley McGriff, who's done the same. Uh, you got, um, Josh Aldridge, who's a blossoming stud on the trail. Uh, you got Jeremy Garrett. Uh, I mean, you have an all-star st uh, staff already. You have an all-star staff already. So any guy, any one of these four, um, honestly, the the biggest the biggest question would be who coaches what because uh, you know different uh, those coaches coach different things. So which one fits the best? That that could be what the holdup is. Trying to figure out which one fits the best with the personnel uh, that you have. You know, you got Chris Kiffin, who's a defensive line guy. How do him and Jeremy Garrett, uh, you know, work together? You got DJ Durkin, who's a linebacker guy, okay? How do him and Josh Aldridge work together? You got Scott Simon Simmons, who is a defensive backs guy. So now you got him with three, uh, two other defensive backs coach. How does that whole thing work? That could be that could be what we're trying to figure out right now. How does how does the defensive coordinator? What's the best fit? The bottom line is we don't have to. We have there's no reason that you have to rush. If this is done, if if you have a defensive coordinator that leaves at the end of the season, you know, like after the Iron Bowl or something like that, and you got signing day around the corner, and you're trying to close a class, you better believe you better have somebody in. You got to get after it. There's just really no sense of um, there's really no need to have any sense of urgency. Just get it right. That's all. And, and you just got to trust Hugh uh, in this process. I have honestly, I have no idea um, who it's going to be, who it's going to be. Sunday night, I thought for sure it was going to be DJ Durkin. I thought that essentially the Chris Kiffin show was, was or the Chris Kiffin uh, courting was, was over. Uh, but come to find out, you have the NFL, uh, the CBA that we, we talked about last show that 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 made it to where he couldn't really talk with Hugh on a, an official basis until the season was over. So now there's it's like, how much courting do you need to do for plausible deniability that there wasn't any communication uh, during the season? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's part of it as well. Like, do you need to wait a, wait a week? So it doesn't necessarily look like there was any communication beforehand. Maybe, maybe. I honestly have no idea. I honestly have no clue uh, which one of these guys uh, it could be. And uh, But the good news is, is if it's any one of those four, um, you're, you should be fist pumping in the air and jumping up and down, fired up, because all four 
are fantastic, fantastic uh, candidates. So let's see how that shakes out. Surely it's not going to go much past this weekend. You're going to have a big visit weekend from high school, from a high school perspective. The guys have been burning up the trail. It's amazing all of the schools that you see tweet that Hugh Freeze was in town. It's it's unbelievable. And you know who's right with him almost every step of the way is Derek Nix, his guy that he's been trying to get for two years. Uh, he's got him, and he is burning up the trail with – all of them are. All the guys are. You got dudes out in California. You got uh, guys all over the place uh, seeing as many kids as you possibly – possibly can see and that's that's the name of the game when you have these evaluation periods when you uh when you're out there and getting after it you got to get out there and get after it you can't go to mexico on a trip you got to be out evaluating uh and that's what this team this that's what this staff is doing and hopefully with the addition of will redmond it'll help make that even more efficient he nest he cannot go out and recruit but he can design the you know the recruiting trips and he can put together the plans on in the stops and who needs to go where where they the, the coaches just show up and go show up and go and they have all the information and uh we have uh hopefully we keep we uh hopefully he remains on staff um the high school guy that was kind of over this before AK Magola I think it's Magola is how you say his his name uh Young, uh, young guy. He's awesome on the high school side of this. Hopefully, that's going to be the high school guy under Will Redmond. You just got to get, you know, a few dudes on the portal side to kind of shore that up. But just know you got, I mean, having Will there is going to be huge, going to be huge. And he's probably, that could be another thing I didn't even think of until just now. It just hit me. You know, it could be that Will's going to have some input on the defensive coordinator side. So, um, because that's, that's one of his uh, – that's one of the things that he did uh, at LSU as well. So, <clears throat> let's see how this whole thing shakes out. Um, there's so much positive – you hear so many positive things uh, on the recruiting trail for 2025. Um, I know you just had Ryan Williams who uh, – Alabama's throwing a party for re getting a recommitment from a guy that's been committed to them for three years. So, that was a big loss. Uh from just from a perspective, maybe a perspective standpoint, I guess. Uh, but overall, I mean, it'd be he is a generational player, but you also had two generational, maybe four generational in-state uh, in wide receivers that you got in this whole class. So I'll take the freeze four over the Bama one uh, all day long. I'll take I'll take that all day long, uh, and I don't think it's anything you should hang your head over or anything you should really fret over. Whatever they had to have Ryan Williams, they could not not get Ryan Williams uh, because of all of their losses. They lost over thirty guys uh, from the portal to the portal, and that's not even counting, you know, dudes that went to the NFL that probably could have stayed uh, another year. So you know what? Let them celebrate a recommitment. You can have or you know celebrate your recommitment. Uh, this recruiting machine. Uh, at Auburn is moving forward and it's not slowing down. So uh, y'all have a great weekend. Let's get this bounce back win uh, on uh, Saturday night uh, in Starkville. We really need it. Uh, get the momentum back going because if you get, like I said, if you get that one, you can reel off five or six more in a row. The schedule's really favorable. So y'all have a great weekend. Uh, let's see if some news pops uh, and I'll be here to talk about it next Tuesday. So uh, 
appreciate it. Check me out. Follow me on Twitter at the underscore Charlie underscore five. Uh, you can catch me obviously here Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then I'll, I'll be doing the Locked On uh, Auburn podcast still every Tuesday uh, as well. So appreciate it again, guys. Have a great evening. Have a great weekend. Have a great day. Uh, and we'll talk again on Tuesday. This is episode 13 of the Top Button Podcast. Stay buttoned.